What's going on everybody, Brad here. Just to let you know, the intros and outros of this episode were pre-recorded, so if there was any news or discussion points I didn't cover, that's why. We'll get back to up-to-date coverage shortly, and of course, stay tuned for any bonus episodes if there is any news to cover. Thanks, everybody. Everyone, remain calm. Back for more, huh? Oh, yeah, ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. And later there's running and screaming. Somebody talk to me! What is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. And now, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. How long is it going to take for that to spread around the globe? (laughs) This was all John Hammond's dream. (laughs) Hold on to your butt. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 244th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. In this episode, we are back with your letters and calls for the Jurassic Mailbag. Jennifer Evans joins me once again to sift through the mailbag and get to the bottom of all your thoughts and concerns. Just in case you want to be a part of the next mailbag, you can call our voicemail line at 732-825-7763, email us audio files or questions to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com, or you could head to our contact page at JurassicParkPodcast.com to fill out our contact form. Now, even though you haven't heard this month's episode just yet, we are already collecting questions for the next mailbag. This might be the quickest intro I've ever done, so why don't we go ahead and get this episode kicked off by diving into the Jurassic Mailbag. Jurassic Mailbag. 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 Jurassic Mailbag with Brad Jost and Jennifer Tarek. Welcome back, everybody, to the Jurassic Mailbag for the month of August. Uh, what is this? More than halfway through the year now, I guess. And uh, I think I, I better welcome in my, my co-host for this segment. Jen, how you doing halfway through the year here? Uh, getting into latter stages, I guess. It's pretty hot out. We're still somewhat quarantined here. So so what's going on? How you doing? <laughs> Um, I'm good. I always consider the year we are two months away from Halloween. So mm. that, that's, that's how I. Yeah, that's a very yeah. fair point. And it's it's weird, uh, you know, right uh, right now in a little maybe a few more days or so, we're typically kind of gearing up for like theme parks to be, um, you know, going in the full swing Halloween mode. But this year it's like a little bit different. So Halloween, I guess, in a way, it feels like it's a little ways off because like. It's not like, uh, you know, we're not seeing all the decorations and all the the theme park parties at Disney or Universal and all that stuff. So, yeah, it definitely feels odd right now. But I am so ready for spooky season, even though it's it's still super hot. We were supposed to go to Disney in October. I don't know what we're doing now. It's a whole thing. 
<laughs> but I'm I, I'm still going with Halloween. They cannot cancel Halloween for me. I'm I'm going to celebrate it to the fullest, regardless. No, look, Halloween is a lifestyle, so you can't change that. Oh yeah, right. So oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> totally. So I guess there's been, you know, I was talking about with this with Aaron, uh, you know, uh, the <laughs> other day for the for the wire. It felt like for a while there hadn't been a lot of updates or a lot of things kicking in the gear, even though. The production went into, well, production. Um, so I, I was like, man, it's really slow. Is anybody going to have anything to talk about? Is there any kind of news we can discuss? And then, of course, the the Camp Cretaceous trailer came out. And then we have the release date uh, announced and all that stuff. So I, I feel like people probably have some questions or thoughts uh, as far as that's concerned. We also do have... Um, like a bunch of emails and things to catch up on as well. So I'm excited to see what people are, are excited about this month, because like I said, it was a little relaxed for a little while. It's always that way, but it's never really relaxed. Is it though? Cause <laughs> it feels like it. And it's like, Oh, I'm finally catching up. I can finally relax. Oh, and there's a trailer. Well, oh, yeah, there's this and there's that. That's when awesome. I when I say relaxed, I don't necessarily mean us per se, but as, like because we are always still going a hundred percent. But like the news coming in just felt like a like just very slow, and I was I was confused. The the one of the biggest things that I kind of joked about with Aaron was like, well, Bryce has some bruises on her. That's you know, is that <laughs> news? news? I don't know. How do we talk about that? I'm not sure. She's got. It looks like an intense set. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah but hopefully uh we can answer some questions today uh but uh let's start off here because we got a lot we got a bunch of voicemails a bunch of emails and stuff so we're gonna start off with two actually uh from our friend yaroslav so let's take a listen to his first voicemail hey guys this is yaroslav um just four two eight as i always say um i actually have um not really a question, but uh, I guess something to chime in on. Um, something I was listening to on the wire with Brad and Aaron. Nope. You guys were talking about um, uh, why do people always kind of lean back to animatronics or beg for animatronics in the new films when we have very good and capable CGI um, artists that produce good um, assets for films. And um, I kind of thought about it when I was listening to it, and I think it's just, like, my opinion on it would be, because I'm, um, I'm a pretty practical person. I, I do lean more towards the practical effects just because I, I do, I've painted animatronics personally, and um, I really appreciate the, the level of um, effort it takes to, you know, create these things. And it could be great, you know, you, you always hear the argument about, oh, it's something tact, um, tactile for the actors to interact with. And uh, that's very true. But aside from that, I think uh, in terms of, um, like, what the original Park series, what they were doing, I guess, right or well, was uh, they were dividing the workload between the you know, post, uh, production and the actual, uh, production in terms of, you know, they had very adequate animatronics that they were filming with and they pretty much got the scene that they needed 
finish, you know, just maybe some color grading, some sound effects, etc. But post would work on the visual effects, so that kind of helps divide the workload for visual, um, for the film's visual effects evenly. So you have the best potential um, CGI for the film and the best, you know, well, the animatronic is going to take care of the scene that the animatronic in. So if that kind of, you know, if that makes sense, uh, that's where I'm coming from with it. And um, it's nothing to say, like, CGI shouldn't be used. Obviously, I, I love uh, really good um, CGI, but um, I just think it's not fair for either art form to kind of dominate if they can both serve and produce a really good end product. But anyway, um, yeah, I just wanted to give my point of view on that and um i'd be interested in what you guys have to say if you have any thoughts on that and also maybe if uh you want to bring that up to aaron so that's where he was cut off let me start up the second one hey uh this is yaroslav uh just calling back because i got cut off but um anyway yeah i was just gonna say well, i'd like to hear what you guys have to say about it and uh maybe hear uh, you and Aaron discuss on the future wire if we wanted. I mean, again, it's a topic that's been, you know, discussed and debated for a long time now, but I don't know if maybe that's going to spark some new ideas. But anyway, um, thanks for doing what you guys do, and uh, hopefully we'll get some, you know, interesting Dominion news coming up that's official. No leaks, please. All right. <laughs> bye. All right, so, yeah, so mostly what he was talking about, and uh, if anybody didn't uh, check out The Wire recently, me and Aaron were just kind of discussing the the thought of CG versus animatronics because it seems to be like a, a heavy debate in the community as far as which one's better. And, I, I, I mean, I think they both have their pluses and and minuses and you know when I see an animatronic I know it's an animatronic when I see CG I'm like I know it's CG for the most part but sometimes it does confuse me where say for instance and we talked about it uh, previously that um, that jaw of the Indominus under the truck when Owen is underneath it like that confuses me where I'm like how is that is that CG that or is that an animatronic? I'm so confused. So we're having this debate about like which one really works the best. And as far as Yaroslav's concerned, and yes, he uh, he does you know work with these things uh, animatronics like directly. So that is great to kind of get his take. Aaron works more so on the digital side, so it's good to get you know both the takes there. Um, but uh, do, yeah, I, I kind of agree with his statement that like. Using both kind of helps time allotment and, uh, you know, getting the best product that you can by letting people work while other people are working. For instance, like having the animatronic film while the CG stuff is rendering and getting all that done. So so that that is a pretty good point. Um, do you have a preference, Jen, as far as which one do you think is the better uh, tool, I guess you could say? Um well, I I just watch with my eyes. I don't I don't have any experience with animatronics or CGI. I just see, do what my eyeballs tell me, and <laughs> my eyeballs really like our confused state. Whenever we didn't know like what that that Indominus jaw was, and that makes me the happiest. Because in the theater, 
I really thought that was an animatronic. Like, I would have put so much money on that. And then when we learned that it wasn't, I was like, no way. I still don't believe it. I still think I'm being lied to. That's what I like. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't care how they achieve that. I don't care if they achieve that with animatronics. I don't care if they achieve it with CGI. I just want that. That's the sweet spot. And whichever way they're going to achieve it, let them go with the method they want. But that's what I want to see. I want to be like really thinking is that real is it is it not like i can't even tell i that's what i want however they go about it uh, that's how they go i just want that i'm gonna be confused <laughs> yeah <laughs> i hard to do <laughs> and i think like so far they've done a good job i think jurassic world definitely it would have been great if they had boosted up the animatronics a little bit more because as we know they only had the one um and it was you know only a head it really really wasn't you know, a, a bigger, you know, set piece or anything. It was just a small little head and a bit of a neck or whatever. Um, and yeah, I kind of wish there was a little bit more there. So I think the best use of these tools is to have them both used frequently. Um, and like I said, if I see an animatronic, it's like, it's not like I'm, I'm confusing it for reality in a way where I'm like, oh, that's a real dinosaur. In my mind, I still know it's an animatronic. Um, And the same thing with CG. It's like I'm looking at it and I know it's CG. I know that none of these things are real. So the debate of like which one's better and and all that, I don't really know. I I just – I don't think there is a a better per se. Um, Yeah. I see I, what you're saying. I think I think you need that balance, though, like just yeah. to be a through line, like because there is certainly things that CGI can only do and certainly things that only animatronics can do. But what you need is that balance where you don't notice any of it. Like you don't notice you're flipping back and forth. You don't because that's what Jurassic Park did like beautifully. But yeah. you, you don't notice that you're that you're here or there. And that's the balance that you need. And that that's 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 the sweet spot. as We were talking about the confused spot, the I don't know what I'm watching, but I like it spot. Yeah, and and he did bring up also um, the fact that like you know the animatronic definitely gives them something to work with and you know to kind of have a hands-on approach with um, something to interact with and I I agree I think that's a, a great uh, way to look at it but also like these people are professional actors so like they've done mm-hmm. great jobs doing both like interacting with something and then also just interacting with a stick and a tennis ball like. You know, the the shock and awe on the uh, original trio's face when they see the Brachiosaurus was pretty impressive, right? I believe them. I think that they saw something, but they didn't. They didn't see anything. But, you know, they're great actors. But then, you know, you have, uh, for instance, like the the medic-like truck uh, in Fallen Kingdom where they're, you know, trying to fix up Blue and – you know, you believe them too, and they did a great job because Blue is actually right there. So, did it? Was it better? I I don't think so. I don't necessarily think it was a better acted performance or anything. But I don't know. I really don't know what the pluses or or minuses are really, or, and why one is better than the other. But people are very firm in hmm. thinking one way or the other, and I, I see it most of the time. It seems like it's animatronic is better. And I don't know specifically why. I just think it's maybe because it's it gives people more uh, of a realism or a realistic approach to these movies. I don't know. Like they really feel like something's there, so that I, I don't. Well, I just don't understand it to be honest. Well, ironically, today um, there was a Jurassic Park trilogy marathon on today on AMC, and we had it on all day. And it, we watched Jurassic Park, and then maybe half, or maybe three quarters through Lost World. 
it was just on. I wasn't like sitting down and watching it. Don't worry. I didn't change my stance. But um, <laughs> I did think about this. And this is ironic that this would come up now because I did pay attention really to, oh, that's an actual like animatronic. That's an actual thing. That's not like it was in my head. And I see the appeal of animatronics, it, it, when, especially when it's up close like that. But then when you look at the jaw at the Indominus Rex, and that was up close. So it, it is a weird thing. It's just the balance, I think, because you really got to get that balance so nobody really notices or cares because it's just so good that you don't notice or care. But yeah, I could see it. And like things like The Lost World, I did, I did appreciate the animatronics. So I do get it. I do get what people were coming from with that. When it's yeah. done, it's done really good there. So. Yeah, and I think like when you're talking about uh, like for instance a few set pieces from Jurassic Park, you have the kitchen sequence which utilizes both, and then you have the um, the T Rex breakout both you know both utilized there as well, and you go back and forth and and it's like well you can't have the animatronic running uh, through the rain trying to chase after a flare that's just not possible right so that's not happening there. Um, so they're they're pulling off things that the other can't, uh, and they're used seamlessly, hand in hand, and it looks great. Uh, same thing with the kitchen sequence. It's like, uh, well, the kitchen sequence, I feel like the CG it doesn't necessarily hold up as much anymore. But but when you get those up close shots of the animatronic, it really it really really mm-hmm. works. But then, of course, you have somebody's hand in the background holding the tail. So <laughs> what are you gonna do? You know, it's just it's just a mess. But. Um, <laughs> I I love both. I love both, and I think they should be used hand in hand. And you know, as far as Colin says, we're gonna get the most, uh, you know, out of at least out of this new trilogy. Or I, I would assume he said it's more than the last um, two movies. I guess so. It's exciting. Uh, I'm very excited to know that there's gonna be a lot of animatronics here, um, and you know, probably a lot more dinosaurs. Maybe some new stuff. Uh, I, I'm excited to find out. Yeah, I feel like there's going to be a lot of them and different types and all sorts of things. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So let's move on to our next one, which is, let's see, this is a voicemail from Rowan. What's going on, Rowan? Hey, guys, it's Rowan. Hey, I just saw that Camp Cretaceous trailer on your Instagram, and (laughs) I thought it looked really cool. And I was... uh, I was just thinking, man, that's going to be fun to watch with my boys. I have three little boys. Uh, the two older ones will probably really love it, especially my oldest. He'll be almost six when it comes out. Um, and uh, he just loves Jurassic World. I'm jealous that these kids, they're getting so much Jurassic World uh, material to watch. <laughs> More mm-hmm. movies than we had as kids. Now they're getting shows and all sorts of, you know, Lego shows and stuff like that. I would have killed, I would have died to have had that sort of stuff when I was six. <laughs> I was 33. <laughs> so, Brad, I, I'm sure you're right in the same boat. You would have been, like, all over it when you were that age. So, oh, hey, For I've sure. always wanted to say, too, my middle son's name is Lincoln. So I have a Lincoln, too. Oh. So, great name. Oh, awesome. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, should be fun to watch with the boys. I will probably be watching it myself because I'm, you know, a Jurassic nerd like all of us are. So, yeah, I uh, can't wait to see it. I hope you guys are doing well. Talk to you later. Bye. Awesome, dude. Yeah, I. that's awesome. I didn't I didn't realize you, you had the same name for your kid. That's that's really cool. And my, my kid just turned three. I showed him the trailer the other day, and he was just like, oh, 
that's scary. He like he like saw a few Aww. moments, I think, with like the Indominus or the Carnotaurus or something, and he was just like, Ooh, that looks scary. I'm like, Yeah, it looks really scary. And so I'm sure we'll sit down and watch it together. I I, I don't know. Maybe I'll try to watch it first to see if it's like something that'll scare him. But I don't we show him all kinds of stuff anyway, so I don't I don't think he'll uh be too fussed about it. But um ah man, I am so excited to sit down and watch this. Um Jen, give us a, give us your take on the on the trailer. Um, did you have any thoughts right off the bat? Um, I mean, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I didn't know what to expect really, and I I knew. I mean, we knew it was animated. But that was about it. And I liked what I saw. I liked the music. I liked. I mean, obviously, it's just kids, and we knew all that part. But the dinosaur part's really cool. And I, I the T Rex bursting through the gates was cool. Like I had a lot of feels through it, and we're definitely going to watch it for sure. And I'm excited for it more than I thought I would be because I, I didn't know exactly what, what it would be. But I mean, I think it is. I mean, it might be scary for kids, which is nice because that that's what Jurassic should be. It's always supposed to be scaring kids. Right. So that's on the right track. <laughs> but I, I'm excited for it. I, I gave me more feels than I was expecting. And the music was cool. And yeah, I liked it. I like the scenery. I like the whole thing. Yeah, I'm actually really interested in the music. Um, I don't know what what it was that we heard in that trailer, like who produced that, whether it was, you know, whoever's composing or not. I don't know. But um, sometimes with trailers, you just get like, you know, uh, a composer who's not necessarily attached to the project. But um, I'm really excited about the music because there are so many different themes. And every time a new movie comes out, I'm always like, oh, what? What old themes are they going to use? What are they going to use here or there? Mm-hmm. Um, and we saw kind of like a lot of references and kind of looks to the past. So I wonder how much they'll utilize some of those old themes. So it, it'll be interesting to hear. Um, but yeah, the show looks like a lot of fun. And as far as the scare aspect, um, I, I've seen a lot of people discussing this that the show needs to have deaths <laughs> and <laughs> and i've even i've even heard a lot of talk about the people wanting the kids to get eaten and i'm like yeah i've seen that i i don't understand that <laughs> like that doesn't make any sense to me that's uh i can i'm going to say i can nearly like 100% guarantee that that will not happen um it never happens in jurassic now (laughs) i just yeah i just don't think that's gonna happen at all if i'm wrong i'll say so and i'll I'll come here and i'll apologize or whatever i need to do to say (laughs) that i'm wrong but i don't think i'm gonna be wrong there um and as far as like people getting eaten and just that terror um yeah i i think i think they'll have the like some fear and some some scares in there but I don't know, like as far as the deaths go, uh, I could certainly see some stuff happening off screen. Mm-hmm. Um, I was and just we saw say that. Yeah, we, we saw in the trailer itself, there was like um, a walkie talkie or something like that on a on a table and it, it kind of cut out. Right. And people were saying something. I forget what they were saying, like calling for help or something. And then it just kind of cut out. I kind of expect a lot of stuff like that where like. You don't know what happened on the other side, but like in your mind, you're like, oh, that person just got stepped on or <laughs> something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I just don't necessarily see a lot of deaths or anything like that. It's a it's a kid's show, um, something that I think, you know, entire families can enjoy. And I know a lot of us older fans are, are hoping to en- to enjoy this as well. But, you know, you got to remember that it's not it's not really made for us, per se. 
Yeah, I don't like seeing deaths in movies anyway. I mean, I'm a, I'm a horror lover, of course, but I don't know. I just kind of like, yeah, okay, it happens, whatever, and I move on with the story. It's just a scene. So they're probably going to do a lot of the cutaways and, like, the walkie-talkie thing, as you were saying. And that's fine with me. That's fine with me in a kid's movie. That's fine with me in a horror movie. It doesn't really do much for me. It's just more about the suspense and then the story and things like that. So that's what I'm going to be focusing on. And I, I think it's going to be scary for kids, which I like. I like that it could push that. I mean, it won't push it too crazy. No deaths on screen, I don't think. But it is going to push it, I hope. And, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for it. And like you said with the music, I didn't think about that theme, the, the themes and stuff you were mentioning until the trailer. I, it didn't even cross my mind what music they would use or that it would be Jurassic Park music. I mean, of course it would be, but it didn't even cross my mind until the trailer played it. And that's when I kind of got feels like, wait a minute, this is a Jurassic series. Of course, it's going to have some kind of music and it might have Jurassic World music in there, too, which is fun. So also I'm, I'm looking forward to those different themes that, that you mentioned. because I, I didn't even think about it until it started playing. I was like, oh, my. Yeah, this is going to do stuff for me. OK. <laughs> <laughs> and I think like um, the themes like really sell whatever the thing is as Jurassic, like if it's a new movie mm-hmm. or a video game or whatever it is, if the theme is there, it feels like it's, it's really a Jurassic product. Um, and yeah, there definitely has to be Jurassic world themes in there. For instance, in the trailer, we see the kids traversing the Island to get to the camp. It seems like, right. So it looks like they're in that big uh, six wheeled truck um, and they're, you know, traveling through the jungle and everything. I, I would kind of expect that same, um, uh, man, I'm blanking on the title of the song, but, um, you know, the track that's in there in Jurassic world, when like Claire is kind of traveling through the helicopter and stuff like that. And, and you're, you're kind of cutting in and out of different scenes. I kind of expect like that track to be used there kind of showcasing the Island and how beautiful it is and, and what there is to offer and stuff like that. Um, because that's how it was used in Jurassic World. So mm-hmm. um, I think they'll utilize the tracks in the same way. Even even like Jurassic World Live Tour, um, it, it excelled so much with the use of the themes. And they they had uh, somebody kind of rework a lot of this, the old scores and also add some new flourishes in there. Um, and it was used so well. Uh, so I, I can't wait to see what's happening here with this show. I would assume it's not going to be a hundred percent of the time. Like it's not going to be like a, a Michael Giacchino score that you'd expect, but um, I'm sure mm-hmm. there'll be some other elements in there that um, are not Jurassic related, but um, yeah, stuff. it'll be there to pull you in though, to make mm-hmm. you remember what you're watching. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It has to. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm excited. I can't wait to watch with my kid. Um, but yeah, so let's move on to the next one. This is uh, this is from our website. This comes from Andrew, and uh, it says, our Rex is bigger than yours. <laughs> so uh, message is, greetings, Brad and Jen. I know this topic has been brought up before, but I was just listening to the tracks Costa Rica Standoff and our Rex is bigger than yours from the Jurassic World score. This is so funny. Everything's tying in. Um, yeah. <laughs> in the past, there's been a lot of speculation as to why Giacchino decided to use the Lost World theme during Blue's return. The answer is actually very simple. Oh, I'm excited to hear what you say here. Um, when Rexy joins the fight, we get a we get a half-baked version of the Jurassic Park theme. In the same sense, when Blue joins the fight, we get a half-baked version of the Lost World theme. Basically, this creates a parallel in both the classic themes and... Uh, 
in that both classic themes are used to signify that man I can't read Signific- <laughs> signify there we go that's the word the triumphant <laughs> appearance of a classic dinosaur when all seems lost for the protagonists. I'm curious uh, what your thoughts are on this. Uh, stay safe, stay Jurassic. Sincerely, Andrew. Um, yeah, interesting. I, I've i always wondered about that, and uh, one day we'll get an answer on that because it is so perplexing to me to just have that randomly thrown in there. Um, and I love that it's there. Don't get me wrong. I love that that, that is there, but... Earlier in the movie, he references his own raptor theme from the Lost World video game. So why is he not reutilizing that? Or why is he re- not reutilizing like a a Jurassic World theme? It's very interesting. I mean, this is a Jurassic World movie. And I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with this approach that it's like, well, let's yeah. use the first theme for the T-Rex. And then let's use the second theme for, the, for Blue. Mm-hmm. Um, because... There is no attachment to that theme to Blue. There is attachment to the Jurassic Park theme for Rexy, right? Because Rexy was part of the first movie. Um, but but there is no attachment to that Lost World theme for Blue. So that's always very confusing for me. Does that has that confused you, um, or do you um, do you agree or not agree with that statement that he uh, provided? Well, I do remember when that happened and everyone freaked out about it, and they were so excited to hear the theme, and it was like a big highlight moment for a lot of people. But I don't know. I didn't think much into it because I'm like, I don't know. Maybe they just Easter egged it because they didn't really have another place to put it. And if you think about it, I don't know where else it would have went. It doesn't make sense anywhere or where they put it. So maybe it was just a, um, again, an epic finale with music and epic music. And they're throwing the Jurassic Park theme in. They're like, you know, we should just throw this in here because it's a it's a build up moment and it, it's just something people would like. I, I see it as an Easter egg more than anything. No real meaning or background to it. Yeah, um, yeah that that sort of stuff bugs me a little bit. Being <laughs> such like a I guess kind of like a, a snob for musical themes, and I've seen this happen with a lot of like John Williams newer themes and stuff. He'll he'll reference a lot of stuff. In, say, for instance, like Star Wars, he'll reference a lot of things from the past. But then randomly you'll just have some theme that you're like, why was that put there? That doesn't make any sense in this spot. Like it has no ties to anything. So that's what bugs me about this Lost World theme. And yeah. and I'm, I'm thinking like we there wasn't necessarily a ton of hope for Jurassic World. You know, they kind of made this movie and didn't have a lot of faith in it and didn't mm-hmm. expect much, I guess. And this is 14 years after uh, Jurassic Park 3. So who knows when the next Jurassic movie could come? Uh, You know, obviously we got Fallen Kingdom. But in their minds, like, would this have been a hit? Would, I think Avengers came out that summer. Would Avengers, like, have destroyed it in the box office? Would, you know, something else have come through and just Jurassic, everybody forgot about it? So maybe Mm -hmm. Michael Giacchino is just sitting there like, you know what? Um... We don't. I don't know if I'm going to get to do this again. <laughs> you know, am I going to be able to compose a Jurassic score again? I don't know. I'm going to throw this in there. I want to. That's it. And that's maybe that's his logic. You know, like he's like, I yeah. don't know if I'm going to get another shot. Let me just do it now. Throw it in there real quick, and then I'll, I'll cut out, and then that's it, and then I'll move on to whatever's next. Yeah, I mean that's that's quite possible. I think we're leaning more. I'm leaning more toward that direction than purposely put for a reason. Yeah, yeah, I, I just, yeah, I see no reason, and thematically speaking, 
um, just doesn't make any sense. There's no no ties to anything there. But I uh, appreciate the, uh, the email there, uh, Andrew. So thank you so much. Uh, let's move over to a voicemail. Uh, this one comes from JT. What's going on, JT? Hey, Brad. Hey, Jen. Hey. JT here. How you guys doing? Okay. Camp Cretaceous trailer came out. Looks amazing. Um, I'm just going to – one of my wild theories. Everybody's going to be throwing theories out there right now. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to call it right now. We're going to get emotionally invested with Bumpy, not just mm-hmm. because Bumpy's cute. Just mark my words. Whatever episode starts where – the Indominus Rex breaks out. If we flash back to uh, the movie Jurassic World, uh, one of the first uh, casualties of the Indominus are the two uh, ankylosaurs. Uh, Bumpy is an ankylosaur. My money is on the fact that Bumpy is uh, the child of those ankylosaurs, and the kids How come across and abandon oh the child goodness. after that attack. I can't do that. That would be really cool. Uh, and that's my point of view. I'm wondering what you guys think. If you guys have any uh, other crazy theories out there, I'm sure we're going to get a ton of them. Uh, I'm just looking forward to seeing it in general. And the month is going to fly by uh, for that one. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Uh, I'll look forward to hearing the episode. Wow. Oh, my. JT, well, first Brian, off, how dare you? <laughs> You you broke my I was my heart was broken last week last week oh my gosh last month when I heard that Bumpy doesn't make it <laughs> so this is just early uh, on you know that is a that is a perfect theory honestly and I don't you know you kind of said like crazy theories wild theories or whatever I don't think it's crazy I think that's probably exactly what happens um, and it does get get you emotionally invested in a dinosaur and. I think it's perfect. You know, besides being like super cute and all, it gives you something to latch onto and something to tie it into the movies. And when you rewatch Jurassic World, you'll know that Bumpy is probably just around the corner watching from behind a tree and just seeing no, this. And I can't and do this. Like, I, you know, and I know a lot of people have issue with the dinosaurs being like anthropomorph- anthropomorphized or whatever. Um, and like, for instance, it, when Blue is crying while they're kind of working on her in that in that truck or the Indoraptor kind of like smiles a little bit, I guess. I know a lot of people say that. Um, so I wonder if if Bumpy will kind of like shed a tear here or how how they'll make the dinosaur look sad or whatever, you know, so that'll be interesting to see. But I think he's spot on here. I think that's exactly what's going to happen Somehow, oh, the kids will come across oh, this uh, baby Bumpy and and then uh, proceed to carry Bumpy across the island for some reason. I don't know if you caught that in the trailer, but they're they're carry they're like running while carrying Bumpy. It's pretty hilarious. Oh, maybe they save Bumpy from that moment there, and because maybe the Indominus was going to eat Bumpy, and then they saved saved him and her, yeah. and then. Oh, see, I this is this is so heartbreaking because, like you know, way back when my dinosaur of choice I would own would be basically Bumpy, is what I described like a year yeah. ago or two years ago, <laughs> and now here we are. I learned that Bumpy was being going to be a thing. It was a, a baby ankylosaur is actually going to be in a Jurassic thing. 
they're made toys of Bumpy. Like this whole situation, I was so excited. And then last last month, like my heart broke learning the sad news. And now this is the thing. And I just, I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> this is just so sad for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I, I'm, I'm, I like throwing like my wild theories out there that like Bumpy's the villain or that Bumpy's going to get <laughs> killed off or, or some silly stuff like that. And that's no, that's never going to happen. That stuff. Probably. I don't think Bumpy's going to get killed off and I don't think Bumpy's really a villain, but uh, I, I definitely think that JT's onto something here and that is yeah. guaranteed. I, I think like, like I said about the no kids dying, you know, from dinosaurs in this movie, in this show, I'm going to say, I guarantee that that's the, you know, the child of that, uh, that poor, poor ankylosaurus that is, uh, really traumatizing. So well, while, while sad, that is a very cool tie in. I have to say that's a very cool tie in and I did not think of that. So that's really smart. Um, I I like it a lot. I I love it. And, um, (laughs) that, that's great. I mean, it breaks my heart in a million ways, but I like it. As we talk about, I like my heart being ripped out. It's good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think like, in a similar approach, like Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, you know, gave so much backstory and life to the the Raptor squad. So when you see them just annihilated in, in you know, different uh, in different ways in Jurassic World, you're like, yeah. you're just ripped apart and, and it hurts. You know, it really hurts yeah. to see a Raptor just rocket launched and you're like, yeah, oh, my God. Insane. And yeah. uh, speaking of that, I actually I, th- I made a joke about like what we see. <laughs> what we see is uh, the kids somehow are from from uh, the, the the TV show Camp Cretaceous are running through the woods uh, at night and they stump they like fall and trip over like a, a rocket launcher and one of the kids is like what's this and he picks it up accidentally shoots oh, no. it and then is like. It just it shoots across the jungle, explodes. I th- what is that? Is that Echo or Charlie? I forget. It blows Charlie. up the rap. Charlie blows up Charlie, and then the kids like, "Whoops!" And then that's it. And then it cuts oh, no. to them like running with Bumpy again or something. Oh my goodness! But the point that you just made, though, um, I would love for it to be that intertwined. Like, yeah, really that intertwined. Like them just three feet away from where the camera was the whole time. Like that would be so cool. I, I'm all on board with that. I, I love that stuff. That That is the best way to do the show. And unfortunately, it's only, you know, several hours. And we've kind of tried to dissect the trailer as much as possible. And it seems like there's like a shift in time, you know, from, from morning or day to night. And we don't know like if all eight of these episodes are going to be that one day. Or will they span, you know, sometime before, sometime after? But um, I hope there's enough and it's not just like one episode that ties into the movie. You know, I kind of hope that we get a little bit more, learn a little bit more, spend some more time. And um, yeah, and I I highly doubt we'll get tie-ins to Jurassic World Live Tour. But uh, man, I would like – if I saw a tie-in to that live show – I would freak out more than any other tie-in, guaranteed. I would be like, that "Oh my be- god, that's amazing! Yes, finally, some recognition." But uh, I, I doubt that's going to be the case. But I would love it. That would absolutely be nuts. And there's no reason why they're it's not happening. Anyway, 
it should yeah, like why not should. connect everything all the fan service I'll connect it all then i i want that yeah yeah there's no reason it shouldn't happen no so uh thank you jt uh let's move over here to uh, this is an email from Brianna, and it says, Hi, Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm an avid listener. Thanks for all you do. Uh, I celebrated Jurassic June early this year. I don't know about you, but my sense of time is all out of whack from quarantine. I'm a teacher, and during the, the stay-at-home order, I moved back home with my parents. Uh, one of the things we did together was rewatch all the Jurassic movies. Once my school year ended, the first thing I did was reread Jurassic Park, The Lost World, and The Evolution of Claire, all in less than a week. Wow. Uh, (laughs) Next on my celebration list is to watch Disney's Dinosaur, The Good Dinosaur, and reread Michael Crichton's Dragon Teeth. I also have Jurassic World and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom on hold at the library. This got me thinking. I know the books come up in discussion every once in a while on the podcast. I wonder if anyone would be interested in reading the books together at the same time. Uh, And then either call in with questions or write in discussions on various social platforms. And of course, there is no pressure at all. Just an idea I had and thought I'd pass it along. Thanks again from the awesome fandom community. Happy Jurassic June. Sincerely, Brianna. So, that's awesome. That's great. And I'm sorry I got to it a little bit late there, I guess. But um, that's a great idea. I think that's awesome. Yeah, I, I think Brianna is an excellent reader. My goodness. A week. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even read all that in a lifetime. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I think that's actually like a, a cool cool concept, cool idea to have the like Jurassic Park podcast book club or something like that where, like that, you know, yeah. we, we set – we set like a timeline and at the end of, you know, a week or two, we say like, you have to read through chapters one through 20 or whatever. I don't, I don't, that's probably too long, but like one through five and then like, you know, five through 10. So we go in like five chapter increments or something. Um, and then we all come together and I don't know. It depends on how many people are there, but maybe we could do like, a uh some sort of live stream or recording or something that's actually a a great idea kind of brainstorming here on the fly um i love that that's a cool concept i I think anyone i mean that's just another piece of the podcast that you just haven't done yet because anyone who is reading the books currently or looking into the reading books or who want to revisit reading the books i think having a podcast to even follow along with if they're not part of that group that's recording just to follow along with it and have that history made and done and then in five years someone could discover it and then decide oh i'm reading this now i want to read i want to hear their thoughts as i go along so that's something that could last for like a really long time with people so that's a really good idea yeah i i love that idea um probably have to do something soon i've been actually considering uh re-listening to the audiobooks so I, i have all the audiobooks um it, for me, it's just easier to to digest that than sitting down in one space and reading for, for an extended period of time. Um, so, yeah, I think that might be an opportunity to kind of revisit that and, and discuss things, you know, a few chapters at a time. That's actually a lot of fun. I like that idea. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised that it hasn't come up until now because that is really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is funny. Um, I have seen, like uh, – I don't I don't know. I actually haven't looked into it too much, but every now and then I see 
like a, a Star Wars book book uh, uh, book club come across my timeline on Twitter, and I believe it's like a, a video or a, a, a chat of a few people. So I I might have to look at what they're doing and try to see if we can do something similar. I like that yeah, idea. There you go. Let's put that. Yeah. Let's put that on the list. I'll put that there. Uh, Brianna, make sure to hit us up again, uh, and we'll we'll see what we can do there. Um, but yeah, let's move on to our next voicemail here. And I did not catch the name. Maybe it's in there somewhere, but I only usually listen to the first three seconds to catch a name. So uh, let's check it out. Hi, guys. I just uh, wanted to give you guys a call in. I saw that uh, we're looking to discuss some of the stuff that's been going on. And uh, oh, yeah. I just got to see the new Camp, uh, Camp Cretaceous trailer, and I thought that was pretty darn neat. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm actually a paleontologist myself, seeing all of these dinosaurs that they've uh, that they're going to be inserting is kind of cool, and I can't wait to watch that with my nephew. Um, one of the things I'm wondering is, uh, are they going to really insert that um, into the stories they're already telling with Jurassic World Dominion? Uh, if you guys have been following that, I saw that there'd be some involvement. Um, sounds like there'll be involvement by uh, Biosyn, you know, InGen's our tribal company. And I'm kind of wondering if Camp Cretaceous might be the place where they kind of insert some of that corporate espionage before Dominion even comes out, uh, just because, um, I don't know, playing Jurassic World Evolution and things like that, I see that, like, Wu and InGen are kind of already, I guess, um, preparing for intervention by another company, and I think Biosyn got mentioned by name a few times, so... I'd, I'm just interested to see if that goes in that particular direction. I mean, I know it's a kid's show, um, but, I mean, if it goes the direction of Clone Wars, the way Clone Wars did for Star Wars, um, who knows what they'll insert in there. Uh, I don't know. Food for thought. Thanks for taking the call. Later, guys. Awesome. I uh, I love that idea. Um, you know, we, t- we obviously have been talking about intertwinement uh, a lot here today, and I think – that is a, a nice way to kind of set things up for the younger audience and 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 older audience as well, but just kind of reintroduce things um, and get people used to Biosyn and certain names here or there. Uh, f- for instance, I could see maybe somebody else stayed on the island. Like if these kids are trapped or stranded, maybe they come across somebody else who was doing something nefarious, you know, off on a different part of the island. Um, so that could be interesting to, to see if that happens. And, you know, maybe they listen into a conversation and they're like, Biosyn's going to be mad that we didn't get those samples or something, you know? <laughs> and they're like, who's Biosyn? And then it just kind of like, you know, refreshes everybody's memory. So I love that idea. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, what's great about a series like this, that they, they should and can be able to do these sort of things. Like we were saying before, throw in Jurassic world live stuff and, and throw in stuff that we might need for dominion just as a refresher and just stuff like that. I mean, that's what it's for. I mean, just go for it. There's, there's, they own their own licensing. They could do whatever they want. Why not? Like throw everything in there. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't Honestly, hurt at all. If, if they had a moment where, like Vic Hoskins is is there and you have like Vic Hoskins number two guy. Um, I don't even know if he has a name. Just uh, that guy that the guy had that like a vest on. 
Um, <laughs> and he was like, uh, I think he was with Dr. Wu maybe at the end. Um, and then you also take Kurt Reed, who is kind of like the villain for Jurassic World live tour. He, he pretty much plays like that same character as that, like number two to Vic Hoskins. Um, and then like you tie in Biosyn with them or something like that could be interesting. Like if they just tie in all these different things, all these different characters, man, I'm getting way ahead of myself. I just want this to be <laughs> like the biggest tie- canonical tie in <laughs> in the history of Jurassic and fix every plot hole and uh, unconnected detail that ever existed in this series. <laughs> And it probably won't do even a fraction, but it should. <laughs> like, why not? Why the, not do the it? The thing like, is, this is what these things are for. It's it's possible. Like, if you had the right people, and uh, you know, maybe they. I'm sure they are very qualified individuals and very good at what they do. But I'm just saying, like, if you had the right people writing this and connecting these dots, like, like a story group, somebody who kind of intertwines literally everything from the movies to the books, to the viral marketing, to the TV show, whatever it is. If you had somebody tying in all that stuff, even to the live tour stuff, it could work and it could be possible to have this epic, epic show that ties into everything. So I I know, you know, when it happens and none of this stuff occurs, you know, my I'll, I'll get my hopes up and I'll be like, ah, man, you know, oh, shucks. It could have been something. <laughs> But uh, yeah. I think it'll be great no matter what. I, I think I'll I'll be excited by it no matter what. But just knowing that it, it's possible kind of a- angers me. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It is frustrating because they can do it if they wanted to do it. And there's mm-hmm. no reason not to. Yeah. Zero reason why you can't intertwine all those things. Yeah. Uh, they need I don't to know hire you, is. I think. Maybe they don't have Guys. someone that like really wants to or cares to work on all that. They should hire you. <sighs> they intertwine it all. Look, we we know that they they do have a collection of people that work on the viral stuff with Chaos Theorem, but yeah. it, it, that needs to that model needs to be expanded everywhere, and it needs to be a trusted model where you know the creators. You're talking about people in film and, and writing that know probably more in film and writing than you you may know. But they don't know necessarily more about Jurassic and all the entanglements that you you need to make this succeed. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, that that position doesn't exist. And, you know, there is no hierarchy of like, oh, we need to check with this person. It's oh, we need to check with Colin. But I don't I don't necessarily think he's connecting all these dots. Unfortunately, maybe I'll be wrong. And if I'm wrong, I'll come here and apologize and say what I need to say. But uh, I, <laughs> I'm gonna guarantee again. I'm gonna. I'm just. This episode is just gonna be me guaranteeing everything. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. Uh, I just. Yeah. I think there needs to be that role. And if we're gonna, which it's kind of late at this point to kind of make that role because we already have you know, two films and a third in process, um, and then you know many more to come. If they if they need to intertwine all this stuff that is to come, you have to have a position that kind of handles that. Because if you move on from different creators to different creators, if this is maybe Colin's last stint, I don't know. Maybe he continues on, but uh, we, there needs to be some cohesive thread. So I'm I'm ranting now. I sound like a lunatic. But uh, <laughs> do you have anything to add to, to this? 
No, all you need. You need like a, a Jurassic historian fact checker is all it is. And and there's no one to really write it. They can write it. They just need to come in and be like, Can you do you have any lore that you have in your little knapsack there that can you can pull out and, and throw in here and, and just exactly. someone who just knows it, just knows it all and doesn't have to like really do much, just do what they do and just say yeah here's some things here's some ideas use them if you want don't if you want i don't care like that kind of thing yeah and just and to, that's yeah. that's the misconception with star wars story group there there's a story group who is in charge of that exact thing people are are assuming that they write the stories when they don't they don't actually write stories they kind of are the fact checkers and the people that you would exactly what you said, go to, to check, Hey, is there any little tidbit that we can throw in here to connect some dots? If not, no big deal. But if you have something, that would be great. And then, you know, yeah. you check through all your stuff, your mind, you're like going through, is there anything that we could add in here that would make sense? And you know, we don't have that person. We don't have a story group. So a lot of people assume that the story group for star Wars just writes things when they don't, they actually kind of just make sure everything is a cohesive universe um, so it's kind of a shame that they didn't go with that model to begin with, but, um, here we are. This, this entire series is semi cohesive, <laughs> not fully, but it's, uh, it's okay. It's not great, but, um, we're, we're doing the best that we can here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Dominion, they're bringing back the originals and that could surprise us. You never know. Could really loop it all together somehow. Uh- I hope so, but at the same time, it gives me a lot of fear and anxiety that that uh, maybe they're going to connect dots that are not necessarily meant to be connected or forget about dots that have been connected. Um, it, it kind of makes me afraid that, you know, things are going to get messier. Um, I hope not. Yeah, I mean, that's a valid fear. And then in a, a job for that uh, fact-checking historian though, that they don't have, <laughs> but I mean... It's going to be what it's going to be. I just hope, I don't know. It's hard because you want to hope, but then you're like, well, who's really fact-checking, right? Who Who is that person? There isn't one. So it's kind of hard to to hope, but I don't know. We'll have, we'll have to see what, what happens. I know at one point, um, I think it was for some sort of interview for Jurassic World Live Tour. Uh, I think Frank Marshall said something like he is the canon uh, checker of some sort. Like he said, it was a different terminology that he used, but essentially the same thing. Like he would, he's the person that they run the cannon by. And I'm just like, well, Frank, I feel like his hands are in a lot of like, his, you know, he's got a lot of irons in the fire. So it's not like he's solely focused on Jurassic. So, uh, it kind of worries me, but, um, you know, like I said, they're yeah, doing I the best they that. can, I guess. <laughs> That's a little worrisome then. Yeah, he does so many <laughs> things. Like who has he doesn't have time to sit down and really focus on that. No. Uh but uh yeah, so that was uh oh I, I don't know who that one was from. So thank you. Um let us know who you are next time and uh I'll give you a shout out there. But uh let's move on here to a voicemail from Dakota. Uh let's take a listen. Hey Brad and Jen, this is Dakota. Hey. I was just calling on my break at the animal hospital right about now. So I wanted to say, Camp Cretaceous, everything that Brad and I talked about has come true, it looks like. I mean, bioluminous and dinosaurs, come on. My question is, what do you guys think about it? For one, I mean, from, I was probably getting a lot of mailbag questions like that, but 
what other baby dinosaurs do you think we're going to see in here? Because obviously this is bumpy. But what else do you think we're going to see? And I hope you guys liked it too. Have a good one, guys. Stay safe. Stay healthy. What do you think? Hmm. Um. Well, I guess the, the first thing that popped in my head, I don't know why, um, was maybe like a baby Triceratops, just because that seems to be a through line always seems to be included like you always have to have some kind of triceratops and and everything and every and in, in, in the evolution of claire and in in and everything like just in um when we're watching uh lost world they had a little baby triceratops just kind of thrown in in one of the cages like they're just everywhere and so i just and then then in uh fallen kingdom in the cage there and i just think that's everywhere so why wouldn't they just throw one in again because they're they're everywhere in this series it seems like they're always popping up. Yeah. Now, I I was Googling something. Did he say babies only? I believe so. Okay. Um, sorry, Dakota. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. Uh, the, the baby Triceratops is one of those things, and, and Triceratops in general, that, mm-hmm. like, again, it feels very Jurassic. Um, we've had it in a lot of the movies, right? Uh, if not all? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, I'm trying to well, think if, if there was anything in Jurassic Park 3, probably in the background somewhere. I don't think it was like a main player or anything. Um, I, I feel like it was, it was somewhere, always. Like somewhere, just a yeah. line somewhere. Um, but yeah, that would be a good one. And let's see. Uh, well, I don't know. I guess I you like, can do a baby anything, really. Well, sure, yeah. I like your idea, though, like that it's something that is always there. It's something we can kind of um, relate to and kind of like guarantee that it's part of the Jurassic franchise. But I like the idea of like something not being there. Um, that that would be kind of interesting. It gives us more dinosaurs to kind of um, discuss and, and talk about. So I, I don't know. Um, we do know that there's what? There's... Um, Baryonyx, there's um, Stegos, there's Parasaurolophus. I think a baby Parasaurolophus would be kind of cute. Um, there's Carnotaurus, I believe, in this show, and Dim- Dimorphodons, maybe? Pteranodons? I don't really feel like babies of those are very interesting. No, just small versions of the big ones. I guess the all babies are, but less interesting <laughs> somehow. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's actually what babies are. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I just want to see more um, baby like brachiosaurs or like long necks. I just love those. Like for instance, that I don't know why I keep saying that, but the one that was uh, in Jurassic World that Bryce's son, right? Is that mm-hmm. who hugged it? Yeah. Um, that it was like a I think it was an apatosaurus, but uh, that is so cute to me. That long neck just getting hugged. I love that. Yeah, and again in the petting zoo, the baby triceratops was heavily focused. So oh yeah, it's everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah oh, man, that would be cool if we um if we got a glimpse of that little like paddock or whatever that was uh, right there on Main Street or right around there. Um, I can't remember if it was like any shot of like a gate being open or anything during that moment. But, man, it would be cool if, like, the kids came across it and it's, like, kind of 
like everybody vacated the area but left those dinosaurs in there in their mm-hmm. cage and and the kids are just like let's go play with them or or let's release them or something like that that'd be interesting yeah, I, I feel like, like these... what what did happen to them so yeah and that that's the that's always the question i i actually saw somebody ask a question on twitter today about like what happened to the like the dinosaur eggs in Jurassic Park, like the 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 baby raptors and stuff like that that you saw in the uh, innovation, uh, the discovery? Oh man, what is the name of these things? The visitor center. <laughs> I said innovation, so that's Jurassic World. I said discovery, that's in a theme park uh, in Orlando, <laughs> and visitor center is the right one. So like, at least you didn't say interventions or something. Yeah. That's that's hot. <laughs> Is it anymore? Does it exist? I don't. I don't. It doesn't um, really know. So yeah, but um, that that would be interesting if they kind of revisited that uh, and showcase what happens to all these dinosaurs uh, over time. And I, I, I've always wondered that. Like, there had oh man, it has to be like kind of gruesome. There has to be like cages that are just left closed and and you know, dinosaurs were left in there while people vacated the island. Um, I don't know. This is basically it's... Disney's Discovery Island is what you're describing. <laughs> you, you guys don't go there. There's lots of dead dinosaurs on that island. You don't want to <laughs> go there. Lots of dead things. But like, um, <laughs> what was my thought? I definitely had a thought. It's so late to have a thought, but I know I had one. Um, 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 oh, like what if the little uh, petting zoo ones were like grown up versions in Fallen Kingdom by then? Yeah. And actually that kind of ties in. I saw um, somebody, I don't know who said it, sorry, but there was like some reference to the like one that you see in Fallen Kingdom, like either escaping or maybe the one in the cage, like uh, the one that they do in the auction. Maybe one of those are bumpy. (laughs) That's that's uh, that's kind of interesting, too. Um, I don't know how you would relay that, but uh, it's like all this more shared universe connected, you know, all these ties. I love all that stuff. So if it does end up being bumpy on the mainland, that would be cool. I agree. But yeah, yeah, that would be interesting. And and to learn stuff like, oh, like the kids stumble across some uh, paddock that's labeled Nasutoceratops or, or something like that. You know, that would be pretty cool to kind of give. Battle at Big Rock some weight and mm-hmm. to to give us the answers to questions like, oh, that they were there. It's not just some dinosaur we made up because it looks cool and – or not made up, but you know what I mean. Like just threw in there because it looks cool and it was never in a, another movie. So we'll have to answer it at some other time. So I think that would be a perfect place to answer those kinds of questions. Um, yeah. So it's all about tying together. Just if, if only there was somebody to do this, you know? <laughs> you are that someone they just need to hire you that's all no look we need a team so we'll we'll set up a nice team here um but thank you dakota hopefully we answered your question um let's see next up we have another voicemail which i uh i lost my voicemails all right so this one also didn't have a name uh, let's take a listen hey everyone uh <laughs> Um, I saw this on Facebook, so I thought I'd call. Um, not sure what to say other than I'm super excited for um, uh, Jurassic World Dominion. I'm glad oh, that yeah. they're. I hope they're. I hope everyone's safe uh, during the production. And also, I'm 
I saw the um the trailer for uh, Cretaceous Camp, the camp, sorry, Camp Cretaceous. Um looks really cool. Um still trying to wrap my mind my mind around uh, how they get into the Raptor pen and which time they do, but it looks exciting and overall very excited. I haven't listened to the podcast, but I really like your uh social media uh stuff especially like on Facebook. So yeah. Oh, is that the end? Oh, I guess it's the end. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the uh the the high praise there. Uh I appreciate you following us uh on any platform, whatever it is. Um but yeah, uh let's see. Oh, I wanted to start with uh Dominion. Um I, I you know, we just saw that uh Sam Neill's gonna be filming. Uh, you know, I guess the day that this is released. So that's, that's really exciting. Um, I, you know, I think it was not the, not when he said that he was going to be, uh, filming, like, uh, it was maybe a day or so before that I saw like a nice post about him. It was like a video and he was like, I don't know if he was like, I think he was like on a hike talking about trees and it was like an amazing video. And I was like, I was like kind of like just scouring like him to kind of be like, Oh, is this what Grant is going to look like in <laughs> dominion? Cause his beard is, it looks like very, uh, he does have a beard. It's, it's very close cropped. It's like a nicely trimmed beard. It doesn't look like it's like kind of all over the place, like a bigger bushy beard, which he's kind of known to have, uh, over the past, you know, few months or whatever. But I'm like, Ooh, it looks very trimmed up. Is he ready to go? Is he going to be filming soon? Is that what is like, I, I think he had a hat on. I'm like, is that what his hair is going to look like? I can't tell. Um, <laughs> this so is I'm literally like... <laughs> me when Bryce was getting ready to go. Like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, Oh, is this it? This has got to be the guy. This is yeah. how he's going to look. Um, so I was just like, kind of just, analyzing everything that I could. So I'm yeah. very excited as well about Dominion too. So, um, and just seeing these little, little teases, because as I said, I think at the beginning, there hasn't been a lot to discuss. Um, no real updates, nothing big, nothing, nothing really official uh, outside of mm-hmm. Bryce saying that she got some bruises. So, <laughs> you know, we've seen little postings here and there, but nothing too major. So, to at least have Sam Neill say that he's, you know, ready to go. It's said in the post tomorrow. So that means, uh, I believe, Monday as of this recording, um, which is what? August August 3rd. So um, that's exciting. That is very, very exciting. I mean, it is a bit weird that we're just a few months away traditionally of when we'd get, like, the Thanksgiving trailer, like, around then and – in December and then the Super Bowl and all of that. And it, we're just yeah. a few months away from that. And it's just, we don't really have, like, we don't have an official poster, do we? Like the actual poster poster. We have just the logo. Yeah. We don't really have a poster poster. And then we don't no. have any stills, obviously, because they didn't film much. It's just a weird place <laughs> to be in August before a Jurassic movie coming out the following June here. And we don't have... We're just, I feel like we're so behind, but I don't know how they're going to catch up without giving us a billion things all at once, which is yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. I, but, what, what is going on? Like, usually at this point in time, we would have had many, uh, like official postings from uh-huh. Colin or Frank Marshall or, or somebody. There would have been something, like, there, there's always something, whether it was just a, 
a picture of a bunch of wires from Bryce. Like, yeah, she was doing every every day. Every yeah. day she was posting something. Now it's like nothing. So I, I'm thinking to myself out loud, I guess. I, I'm wondering if it's kind of the fact that, you know, they're one of the only ones in production right now. Um, I, I know I, you know, I saw that Avatar was in production. I don't know. I'm assuming they are. I know they were filming in New Zealand and New Zealand's handled this situation. Um, but I don't know what else is going on. Have you heard of any other productions out there that are in process or, or no? I mean, I've heard everything's moved except Jurassic basically. Yeah. And I I was having that thought too, because my parents are kind of asking me about it. This weekend, because they're like, oh, what's Bryce doing? Are they, what are they, are they filming? Like, what's happening? Because they knew they stopped, but I never really got to tell them again that they started and everything. And I was like, well, um, they're not really talking much about it. Because maybe it is kind of a hush-hush thing with, yeah, we're filming, but no one else is. Like, maybe all of our friends are out of work, so we don't really want to brag that we are working. Yeah. Like, that kind of popped in my head. Like they yeah. don't want to be like, look at us on set and everyone else is unemployed. Sucks to be you. Like, I don't know. I, I That's kind of in my head a little bit. Yeah. Well, I guess, yeah, you got to the thought before me. So that's that's what I was just kind of thinking out loud is maybe they just don't want to brag or show off or just kind of throw it in people's faces right now. And and it's interesting because as a film production, you want to get hype rolling. You want to, you usually want people to know that you're filming and uh, things are going well and, and there's excitement to be seen here. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of understand that it's not really the time or place to be doing so. So that's yeah. probably what's going on here. So I like when, when does that come? Cause that, I mean, obviously life is different now. Things are Things are different. We can't expect the same things. Um, but man, like I, I was so pumped for, like for instance, a a big three picture. You know when mm-hmm. they start filming, and you know there. Were, I don't think there's been any other postings, at least that I've seen. I don't know if Laura Dern said that she's starting the same day, or if Jeff Goldblum said he's starting the same day. But um, if they were, if they were all in their attire all together or whatever, maybe they just got them together for a picture, even if they're not filming together. Um, I was expecting something on like that, that first day of, of them rolling uh, for the, the old, the, the big three. Um, so I expect that that's probably not going to come. Um, but when will it, yeah. when, when will it be okay for them to start discussing this? I, I don't know. Yeah, that's a shame. That's a shame because I do feel you're right. Because I do feel like in the last film we would have gotten that or something, and we would have gotten so many, so many things. And it's just like I get it. I I get that you want to be sensitive about it and everything. But man, what are we losing out on though? At the same time, it's a weird balance because you you're you're already losing out so much with the virus. Like everyone's kind of sad all around. So it'd be nice to have a few things like to perk you up a little bit and to kind of get you excited to look forward to something because everything is canceled like everywhere yeah so that would be nice and i get there and too that they don't want to brag but i mean you need a little bit of happiness here in life you know, can't just restrict everything so I, it's a weird balance i get it though but i would like something to just tell us yeah we're here we're 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 having fun doing this. We're allowed to have fun. It's okay. Like, I guess want that, I guess. Yeah. I it, it is interesting, um, you know, that we just saw uh, Comic-Con at home. 
So there was, you know, a lot of film discussion and stuff. Even Colin Trevorrow was uh, discussing the the franchise and stuff. So I don't know. I, I, I don't know what the hesitation is in particular, but that's my best guess. Um, you do have um, Zack Snyder out there posting like little clips and stuff of of the um which one is it it's not batman versus superman it's the justice league uh like the the snyder cut of that so he has been posting some video like getting people hyped up about his work on that uh film so what's the difference why can't why can they get that but uh we can't get any kind of thing here so i don't know i don't yeah maybe it was like a mutually agreed upon thing since when they started they're like well that was just an understanding of that's just how we're going to approach this i guess i don't know but that is a shame because i there's so many things being missed out on probably right now that we would normally have gotten any other year yeah you know we haven't really gotten much in the way of trailers for anything really i mean there's been some stuff here and there and um but uh it hasn't been that like weekly deluge of like content from other productions and other things and i don't know maybe the time will come soon but uh it hasn't hit yet and i'm just like when when are we gonna get when's it happening i I don't know I do remember when they first started back, I remember Josh was like watching Holland's Twitter the whole day. Like, okay, where's the start back tweet? It didn't happen. And he's like, well, okay, maybe later in the, maybe he's just busy. Then a few days later, he's like, okay, when's Colin going to tweet that they're back? Nothing. And then he's like, weeks go by. And he's like, is Colin even going to ever acknowledge <laughs> this film? So like, there's yeah. a point where you just got to do it. Like you just, you just have to, I, I get the, they, they did it. They made their point with their, carefulness and sensitivity on the matter but it there just comes a point where everyone knows you're filming everyone knows you're doing all of this so just kind of embrace it i guess there has to be a point i don't know when that point is either but it has to be soon yeah i don't know i mean the only bit of discussion outside of him talking at at the comic-con thing was the fact that that story popped up from the sun saying that you know, all oh, some people tested positive and that they're going to shut down. And that I feel like that was the only time that Colin like acknowledged it was like, mm-hmm. nope, everything's fine. Everything's good. Glad they retracted that story or whatever. Like, so I think that was like the first time he acknowledged they restarted. Um, but I don't know if they're just like not looking for negative discussion as well. You know, if if they do come out and like, I don't know. Are they not looking for any kind of negative press or or just no discussion whatsoever? I don't know. Bummed. They can't stay uh, silent forever. No, it would. It's gonna have to happen. It would be nice to get some positivity, like you're saying. You know, you Mm -hmm. if you don't want to say anything, that's fine. But it would be nice to have some positivity and things to look forward to. Um, But also, maybe they kind of want to wait until Camp Cretaceous debuts. I I don't know. You know, yeah, maybe they don't know. want to tread on their own toes too much, but uh, I don't think it would. I don't really think not so. at all. They're two different, two different things, really. Two different productions, two different sets of people. Yeah, yeah. It, well, you know, something, something I don't know. soon. I don't know. I'm not sure if we covered everything from that voicemail. Was there anything else that you I remember? remember? I don't remember what the voicemail even. Oh I don't no. Know I think it was just hype for Dominion, hype for um, Camp Cretaceous and uh, the 
the posting on Facebook and stuff. Um, well, instead so thank of you. hype, we were just like, this is depressing. Give us a picture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we are hyped over here. Um, <laughs> so let's move over uh, to our next post here. This comes from our website, and it's from Jay Quinzel. Uh, and I, I guess that I, I don't think I read this one, but I can't be sure this has happened to me before where I've read something or, or play something that I've already done. But this is the subject is May's mailbag. So it's now August. So I apologize. Oh, my. <laughs> Big stop listening months ago. They're like, they're never going to read my question. <laughs> Forget about these guys. Um it says, hey, JPP, uh, just got through April's mailbag and mustered the courage to finally contact you. <laughs> oh, man, I'm so sorry if, if I'm delaying this. Uh, it says, I'm a longtime JP fan since 93 when JP ignited my uh, a passion in a kid. Uh, today, I'm a writer and have been writing original stuff as well as fan fiction. I wrote a JP feature-length uh, screenplay for fun and will probably finish my other JP fanfic by the time May's mailbag airs. I hope you finished it. Um, both can be found on my website, shyofinterruption.com, uh, JP slash JW. I'm assuming that's part of the website. Um, uh, or no. Wait. Oh, I guess that's not part of the website. <laughs> oh, you're his website. I, and he I'm so sorry. For this. <laughs> I think it's just the way that this copied and pasted into my notes. It says, I think it's just shy of interruption.com. And then it says JP slash JW have a big universe with many opportunities to expand. I'm wondering what my next JP fanfic should be. What kind of stories should I take on slash explore? My screenplay takes place on Isla Sorna in 1993. My fanfic is prior to June 93 on Isla Nublar. Have any, uh, have you any ideas or nope that I can't read. Have any ideas you guys or fans would like to see fleshed out? I'm excited to finish my current fanfic and dive into a new entry in the JP fandom. Love your YouTube channel and started listening to the podcast recently, which is so good. (laughs) P.S. My Jurassic World live show was canceled uh, because of the pandemic. I'm bummed, but I uh, understand why it was canceled. Do you know if they'll announce future dates after the pandemic? As soon as I can safely leave home, I'm hitting Universal Studios to ride Jurassic World to ride for the first time. Uh, there, there you go. Thank you, uh, Jay Quinzel. Sorry uh, that maybe I didn't read this before. Apologize, apologize for that. Uh, but uh, thank you for the the, the awesome uh, thing here. And I, I'm excited to kind of uh, learn what you think, Jen. Uh, what do you think? Hmm. Well, he, this, this... I think I... I've said before in many um, fanfic discussions that fanfic yeah. is for so many different people with so many different ideas and scopes and things they want to see and time points in time they want to see. What I want to see and read is probably not what he would like to write, but that there are people that I'm sure you'd probably be more on par with with that sort of thing because he's he's writing probably park lore and stuff like Crichtony kind of lore and things like that that's more in your department my department is not that so what would you like to see in a fic <laughs> oh man oh well, i i like the the screenplay here that takes place on isla sorna in 93 that that really is that sounds cool like i would like to know what's happening back then because as we know that like isla sorna is the factory floor for 
Isla Nublar. So that that would be really interesting to see what is taking place on Sorna in that time. And, and you know, uh, maybe the, you know, and I've kind of assumed this, right, that the raptor was taken from maybe Sorna or was it taken from a raptor paddock? Because we do know that there is a raptor paddock on Nublar. So who knows? But like a situation like that where you see the the crate coming in and and you know you learn that it, it's from Sorna and I, I kind of like that idea of learning what happened there and just seeing dinosaurs transported to Nublar and learning what kind of hazards took place and and stuff. So he's already got that covered there. So what else? I don't know. I I think the idea about um like early John Hammond stuff. We talked about this before, but I like mm-hmm. the, like stuff about early John Hammond or um, learning more about Lockwood uh, and, and kind of the, the conversations that him and Hammond had. I would be interested in that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I like all this old stuff. I, I would definitely be interested in new stuff too, but my mind tends to lean towards, you know, this 93 era or even before that. Um, so that's probably like where my mind blank, is going. The fill in the blank kind of kind of things like the yeah the in-betweens and the befores and the prequels exactly and honestly you know i if we're going to skip ahead and i i talk about it constantly but my passion for jurassic world live tour now i i know that that is such a bummer um that uh you know you didn't get a chance to see it uh because it was canceled and they you know unfortunately they had to cancel so so many dates but um uh, not to throw it in your face or anything, but like to see a fanfic written about those characters after the show is something I would be interested interested in. And I know that's that stinks because you didn't get a chance to see it, but maybe there's a way you can, you know, see it online or something. I know people have posted videos, so keep your eyes peeled out there if you if you feel like spoiling it for yourself, just in case they, you know, maybe they don't come back. I don't know. Um, I have no idea what the future is for Jurassic World live tour. And I've, you know, I've seen postings from cast members and stuff kind of hoping that it, you know, they get to do another run or or get to come back, but I've never seen anything concrete. And I, I, uh, I know that, um, you know, the company, um, Feld entertainment had to let go of 90% of their employees, um, which is a huge bummer huge bummer and you know i've reached out to my contacts and uh they i don't know if they exist anymore at the company wow. unfortunately That's so really sad it's very very sad and and i you know i i know a lot of these people are you know just out of work and out of jobs as well so i think they would probably be into doing it again if they had the chance but mm-hmm. we don't even have a future right now where that is possible um yeah because he, you know, he said at the end of the pandemic well i don't is there ever going to be an end of the pandemic at this point? I mean, like, we don't even know we, when that's going to be. I I would say we'll get there. I think we'll get there. If I'm wrong, I'll come here on the podcast and say I was wrong. But uh, I think I think <laughs> I, I think we'll get there at some point. I I just don't know if like is is that too late? You know, whenever that is to to restart and and get this thing going again. Um, who knows? Like, it, it, say for instance that none of this happened, right? <laughs> Which we've all been imagining, right? Over this this you know past like however many months, we've all been imagining a world where this never happened. Um, you know, how long would Jurassic World Live have actually run? 
Um, we knew that it was going to run well into 2021, but um, you know, what was the plan once uh, Dominion comes out? Were they going to continue doing that? I don't know because, like, at yeah. that point, there's so many years. Like, it's just like this ongoing prequel that is just set like in Jurassic World's timeline in a way, and and yeah, that that's pretty much when it's set. Um, I don't know. Would they have continued that once Jurassic World Dominion comes out? I don't know. Uh, we we kind of heard them express hopes for like a part two. So I don't know if like at this point, would they just be like, well, let's just do part two or is there no, no hope for maybe this company to even return? I don't know. And that's a, that's a, a real um, possibility I think is for, you know, a lot of companies to not return from this uh, you know, this pandemic. So who knows if they even come back? I don't know. But um, I, yeah. I I would just love to see them return. And honestly, if there is no hope of return, I really, really hope they filmed it in like a, a really good quality at some point. I would assume they did. But um, I don't I know. Would but, I would assume. Know, I would assume because you do that promotional stuff. I, w- I would think like any – I know every Broadway performance is, is filmed at one point and stored away. So I would think that these – have the same kind of things yeah probably somewhere you would yeah you would think um you know i i just watched hamilton um on disney plus and the show's amazing and it's it's filmed perfectly like you it's filmed over different periods uh it's not Mm -hmm. all like one show um but um it, it looks beautiful and it really conveys the show i'm sure it's not exactly like seeing it in person but if they did that for Jurassic World Live Tour, I think people would be blown away. Um, and honestly, if there is no if there is no hope for the company, it might be hard to get that out. Maybe Universal can step in and release the footage or something if that ever happens, if there is footage. Um, but, man, that would be a nice way to recoup some money that they maybe missed out on, you know, for their ticket sales and, and stuff like that for, for the rest of the tour is to say, hey, guys – would you be interested in paying $30 or whatever, you know, like a a nosebleed ticket price is? I think they were like 30 bucks or something. I would pay that to own this. Yeah, you'd want to own it. Yeah, for sure. And I don't, I was thinking, well, I guess you could put it on a DVD as like a feature, but I'd rather them get money for it because that's a nice company. I feel really bad that they had to get rid of 90% of their people. They're really nice people over there and a very nice company. And I, I, I want to give them money. So if they put that out, I would definitely buy <laughs> yeah. it just to like help them out. Cause they're a nice company over there. It's like not all companies go the extra mile and they always did. They were very nice to everyone, all to us, to everybody. Like oh they sent God. us, they sent me and Josh um a box of, Rice Krispies with Jurassic symbols on them when we got married, like congratulating us for getting married. <laughs> and, and they mailed us this box of Rice Krispies, like Jurassic Rice Krispies. What company does that? I don't know. It was know. so nice. I, I've always said, you know, we've had the best interactions with them. They have always been so inviting and so welcoming and just so nice to deal with. Um, sometimes when you're you're in this industry and you're trying to work with companies, it's it's hard. It's very hard and you don't always get responses and you don't always get nice interactions, but Feld Entertainment like 
nailed it every time. And they were so welcoming, so inviting, like I said. And I, I loved dealing with them. And I've always said to other people I've had conversations with that th they are like the model for for companies, you know, other companies mm -hmm. that I've dealt with that have not been easy to deal with. Feld Entertainment is the model. Why is not every company like them? Well, they're, they're so great. So yeah. it's, it is it's so heartbreaking. And of course, I'm constantly seeing like the postings from the cast members and stuff. I, I think recently they posted, a lot of the cast members posted like, oh, this was our first, you know, big day or first practice or first uh, show, whatever. No, it wasn't a show because we haven't hit that mark yet. But I think it was like their first like, um, you know, rehearsals or something. And I was like, ah, oh, man, that's a bummer. You know, the first time that they've all come together and now we're here and, you know, a lot of them would have been still performing right now. So, man, what a bummer. So, uh, again, sorry to make you feel worse about it, probably, Jay Kunzel. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. We harped that. on that and that whole thing. That's what we harped on, him missing Jurassic, Jurassic World Live. Look, we, we always take everybody's questions and just go our own direction anyway. So. Yeah. You got to understand that that's... You know, that's what's coming when you listen to the mailbag. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. We get, Maybe we got to start putting some pressure out there to kind of hopefully get something released or, you know, if they have something, that would be amazing. Um, but, yeah, so thank you for writing in. And uh, I think we maybe covered it. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, let's move on to our last one. I think this is our last one. Let me just refresh here, make sure nothing rolled in. While we're uh, going. No, we're good. Uh, this is our last one from Jurassic Dave. What's going on, Jurassic Dave? Hey, Brad. Hey, Jen. It's Jurassic hey. Dave 93. How you guys doing this month? I uh, hope you and your family and everyone's doing quite well. Uh, my question today had to do with uh, Brad and Aaron's wire from last month <laughs> on it. Um, you guys talked a lot about CGI versus animatronic. How people get uh, very circle. excited when they hear animatronics <laughs> are coming back to the Jurassic Park franchise. Mm -hmm. And the points that you guys made, I agree with what you said. I believe you guys landed on that CGI almost always looks superior to an animatronic and just looks better. And you guys don't really get taken out of the moment when you are looking at a CG character versus an animatronic character. Um, I guess... I was looking for your reaction. I believe you guys failed to address uh, what might be the most important thing to me <laughs> and others with uh, animatronic is the actor's performance and how it, it relates to an animatronic on set. Um, I, I guess the examples that I had were Nick Van Owen with the baby T-Rex and the trailer of the lost world mm -hmm. grant um, on the Triceratops in Jurassic park. Um, I couldn't imagine those scenes uh, with a CGI character, such as a CGI baby T-Rex or a CGI Triceratops uh, interacting and getting the same performance out of the actors as we did with the animatronic that we get in both versions of the final film. Um, I go over to the uh, Star Wars franchise and you see early on with like Ahmed Best and stuff trying to um, portray a, a full CGI character, you can see some of the eye lines and things um, with Ewan McGregor sort of looking at Jar Jar doesn't really work um, as time has gone on. They've definitely improved it in star Wars with like K2SO it definitely looks a lot better with the same type of like motion capture and stuff that they've done in those. But I guess I'll uh, bring it back to uh, Jurassic park. Um, I feel in the first Jurassic world film, there isn't a whole lot of chemistry between Owen and blue being that blue was a complete CGI character in the first film. 
And the chemistry is definitely there um, in Fallen Kingdom when they bring in the animatronic in the scene where they're treating Blue for the gunshot wound. So I just really wanted your uh, feedback. I didn't really get you guys to address that in in the wire, but how do you feel with uh, CGI versus animatronic when you incorporate the actor and the performance that you get out of an interaction with a CGI character versus interaction with an animatronic character? But uh, thanks a lot. Thanks for letting me get this long-winded question on here, and I hope everyone is doing well, and take care. You're right, Jen. This is full circle, and it always happens every time. Yep. How does this happen? How does this happen? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) How weird was it that every question kind of intertwined with the next one, like how we were talking about the the music, and then it went into that. That was just weird. It's been one of those. It just flows. I don't understand it, but it happens more often than not. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, and I, I like the um, the you know the instances that he brought up there because um, the Triceratops, for instance, that is one that is impossible, I think, to convey without that mm-hmm. Triceratops being there, and you know that sequence is is certainly one of the best in any of these movies. Um, and it is, it is one of the most realistic. I even said from the standpoint of like the actors and stuff, I feel like they probably sat there and felt like this is a real place. This is real. Like everything about this is real. Um, so you can't really deny that that had to have an influence on that moment, right? Like, you know, Grant actually being able to lay on something as it's breathing is Oh, you know, another one, the... Apatosaurus in Jurassic World. Yeah, and and that one, it's interesting. I think um, I do feel like a lot of that, and I, you know, we kind of know that it's been painted over quite a bit. That barely much of the animatronic is even there. Um, so I kind of have that like in my head that like, oh, a lot of that is actually CG'd over. Um, but there well, was still, still there still reacting. was something there. Yeah. They were reacting to what was there, yeah. Mm-hmm. To get yes. the same kind of thing. Exactly, yeah. So, but if something's already CG'd, if it's something CG'd over an actual animatronic. You're making it too complicated. <laughs> I know. That's I know. Just making it too hard. <laughs> That's going too far. That's a step <laughs> too far. But, but how is that different? No, I guess it is different. Never mind. If there was just a tennis ball there, they would just be looking at a tennis ball. At least they had something to look at, you know, even if it was CG'd over. Um, but I think, yeah, I when when me and Aaron were talking about that, it was kind of not necessarily meant to be a full discussion, but that's kind of what we ended up getting into. <laughs> so... I think we we are planning on discussing this in full. Like we really didn't get to cover everything. We we have so many topics to hit during the wire that we do end up discussing a lot for a lot of period of time. But that one we kind of just kind of uh, discussed for a little bit and moved on. So I, I definitely am going to cover that more, and we'll we'll touch on stuff like this as well. And I think I think it matters, you know. Um, is there? I can't necessarily, off the top of my head, think of an interaction, like a a, a physical interaction with hmm. something that wasn't there. Do you, can you think of anything I mean, off I, the top of your I, head? I know it. 
in other films, but in Jurassic. I'm thinking about um, like Harry Potter or something. Isn't like um. Oh well, oh. I'm in my mind when you're talking about the, the thing on a stick, like Pete uh, Bryce's Pete's Dragon. That was there was not a single animatronic at all in that one. Hmm. So they're hugging and touching all kinds of fake things <laughs> and putting um, the dragon in there. So that's what I, my mind went to because there was that was that's a whole CGI movie with not a single animatronic. So yeah, I'm, I know there's countless. Um iterations of that just across film but i just can't think of any off the top of my head i know star wars will have certainly a ton um but um yeah i don't know i think um if we're talking about a scene that is very intimate and uh you know close up i definitely want an animatronic there and i want somebody to be able to interact with it and believe it's real uh what was it we saw something recently where somebody's kid or something was looking at blue in that moment in the uh, truck in the, on the boat. Do you remember seeing something like that where the kid was like, Oh wow. Like, like watching it react. I think it was on like Bayona's Twitter or something like that. Um, And, and it's cool to see like how a kid walks up to that animatronic is like, Oh my God, this looks real. Like that is really cool. Um, but yeah, I I agree that I think that's the best way to go with, with that situation. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We'll have to add more to that. I'll have to get Aaron and uh, discuss this a lot deeper sometime. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like that. I like that thought about Pete's Dragon though, because that thing was pretty massive, right? And uh, it's yeah. been a while since I've seen that movie. I interact with it a whole lot. I love that movie. So cute. Yeah, I want to go watch it. I liked it a lot. Uh, it and, definitely didn't get a lot of love, though, right? And I mean, it, it, yeah, yeah, it was okay. But the fun <laughs> part is um, that Bryce filmed that right before the um, Jurassic World promo, like the the promo tour. So she filmed that like in the spring, and then um, right before, like February to I don't know, April or whatever. And that that so that Bryce in Peace Dragon is like post Claire pre-press so like her claire Mm. hair is still growing out so that's that's a fun (laughs) moment in time for me um i know dave brought up uh some moments like uh with between blue and owen in jurassic world um yeah i i think i i think i don't have any issue with how you know the the communication between the two characters um and the emotion that's there i i kind of get it like especially at the end when he's unclipping the harness from her head like i i kind of like feel some love there and feel some empathy for those two um does that get you or no um you know what no not as much not as much as the real animatronic so yeah i think there is something to be said about having a physical thing there even if they cgi over it um like a really physical thing not not just like a head or something like an actual full animatronic so you know it doesn't get to me as much no Hmm. yeah Yeah. my i i'm able to trust in cg a lot of times where i don't know maybe a lot of people can't or or won't or don't um there's moments where i certainly really dislike it like for instance it would have been awesome if there was a t-rex animatronic on main street after the battle after they won 
you know, in that really, really awkward shot with the the T-Rex just kind of like leaning in, just kind of like hunched over. It's a really, really bad shot. <laughs> like floating like, there. Just yeah. It, floating. If, if that was an animatronic, like I'd have no issue with that shot, but it wasn't. So I have a big issue because it just looks terrible and it's CG. Yeah. So, yes, CG looks terrible a lot. But not off, not always. Um, I mean, it's that balance that that Indominus under the truck there. That is everything. That that just shows you <laughs> yeah. the illusion that can be created when done like perfect. Sure. Now, say for instance that was an animatronic. Um, does it change that moment no. at all? I don't think no. so. That no. wouldn't have mattered to me. That would have been a flawless either like transition between the two. That's yeah. what the balance is of any movie that can do that all the way through, whether it's CGI or animatronic, <laughs> that is like a, whatever the goal. I think that's the goal that everyone's trying to get to in a film. And I think a lot of the issue people have with CG is that there are these moments that look terrible. Like, you know, yeah. that, that yeah. just they're don't, not there that aren't yet, up yeah. to the cut. Yeah, they're not there. Like, like I said, that T-Rex moment looks really bad. So in your mind, when you're like... You know, going through your Rolodex of like CG moments, you're like, oh, that T-Rex, it's so bad. And then then you kind of label. I feel like a lot of people do this. They just label everything as mm-hmm. bad. All oh, the CG is so bad. But it's not. I mean, there are some really, really beautiful moments. Um, and, you know, right after that, at the very, very end of the movie, that CG of the T-Rex, like at the very end, climbing up on top. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. And if you're watching that on like a good TV with like 4K or or even Blu-ray, it looks phenomenal. Like it really looks great. Um, that our mother, own moment still looks horrible, no matter what quality you're watching it. Um, but uh, yeah. You know what I think? Um, I think you're right that people take moments like that and they're like, oh, CG's the worst. They should never use it. It's awful. It just looks bad. But I think there's so many things on screen that are CG that people don't even, it's just so good that they don't realize it is because the -hmm. whole volcano sequence and the whole, the whole area is basically the only thing that's really there was the grass. Like the whole area was (laughs) not there. None of that. A few of the mountains here and there, but they didn't explode a volcano. (laughs) I mean, like even the trees, like like all of that was just so not there, and it was just cut all these different ways and CG'd everywhere. So, mm-hmm. I, people, I don't think people people probably like, oh, well, they're just running down a hill with trees, but none of that was there except basically the grass and the hill. Like maybe a tree here or there, but they really embellished the whole thing mm-hmm. and and blew it up way bigger and and more detailed and and lush than it ever could have been. And I, I don't think people think about that. They're just they just overlook it and then like, oh, well, that dinosaur didn't look as good. But I'm like, well, look at the masterpiece behind the dinosaur. None of that's actually there. Like, that's incredible. And I, I there's a lot of times I can't think of it offhand, but that I've seen a movie and just like the scenery or or they put a lake there that didn't exist or like something <laughs> like that. And I'm just like, that's yeah. nuts. Like, you wouldn't even know it. And they, you can't criticize that CGI at all on this film because they're doing things that you don't even realize that aren't really there. So that that's what I think a lot of people overlook often. Sure. Yeah. I I've had those moments where I watch those reels that they put together. Once a movie's out um, ILM or whoever will put out like a reel that showcases all the work that they did. And -hmm. it's like, Oh my God, like I didn't realize. Yeah, you're right. You don't realize how much is actually done. Um, 
But I think also, on the other hand, people would say that that is part of the problem as well. It's like, like for instance, Jurassic Park probably didn't have that many moments where I don't even like how much of the the background was CG'd in that movie. I, I don't know. I can't I even think know. of yeah. moments where where it would have happened, if if at all. I don't even know if they did that kind of thing back then. Um, the, everything about it felt real, looked real. It was raw. It felt like a real place. And when you couldn't film that real place, you built it in a soundstage, and it felt real mm-hmm. as well. Like, you know, they had the T-Rex paddock in Hawaii, like a real place that they drove through during day, and then at night it was just a set. So – they found ways to recreate this and build this park in realistic ways. So I think a lot of people would say like, uh, you can't, if you can't like film it for real, don't do it, you know, or, you know, they're adding too much. Everything's too, there's too much going on. There's too many explosions, too many things in the background. Everything looks bad. So I can kind of see it both ways. Why, you know, people would have arguments about both sides, but um, I don't know. I like what they do. I don't know. I just like it. And yes, they have some issues. You know, sometimes blue looks terrible in Fallen Kingdom, but sometimes mm-hmm. blue looks incredible in Fallen Kingdom. Yeah. So yeah. it's like a you got to just have some balance with it and not not hate on it just because one thing is terrible or two things yeah. are terrible. There's so many other things that are insanely good. Um, you know. Yeah, and, I can, and, I can never be like that person doing that CGI, like working endlessly and hours on like a leaf, and people are like, "The CG is disgusting. It's awful," and all of this. And I'm like, "I spent my life on that leaf. You don't even care." Like, I don't know. That would just kill me because we couldn't imagine a fraction of what goes into a frame, yet an entire film, and the people and the work. And I mean, just look at the credits. The names go on forever. It's mm-hmm. in visual effects. It's insane. So yeah. I'm just like, I couldn't even handle being the person who worked on that leaf and to get all these people saying, I hate CGI, it ruins movies. I'm like, oh my goodness, my leaf was my life's work. Like, it would just be so sad. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I could not handle that. Yeah, I think uh, I think all aspects of, you know, that and practical are probably thank- thankless in a lot of ways, yeah. you know? And I would say maybe visual, like um, like CG is even more thankless because- Whenever practical effects come into play, you have everybody talking about, well, guys, they're, they're using practical practical effects again. Like, okay, like they get a lot of credit for practical, but not as much for visual. So, or like you know CG stuff. So, I I can kind of see what you're talking about. Like, man, they, it's a very thankless job. Like you you know you put a lot yeah. of time and effort into it, but you know so do the uh, practical effects people. So. And it's, it's like the better you do your job, the less people notice that it's CG. So even the <laughs> yeah, less credit yeah. that you get, the better yeah. you do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, the debate will will never end. I, I don't think it there there is no conclusion. There's just more ways to look at it. So mm-hmm. um, it'll be a thing that that goes on forever. I know Colin talked about their extension use coming up here in in dominion and how everything will combine even better than before um so i'm really interested to see how that how that works out and how it's different than what they've already done so yeah i just hope we get something i hope this i I just want colin to acknowledge the film 
I want him to be like, yeah, we're still doing this. <laughs> That's the yeah. point. I, know. I just want him to be like, hey, we're, this is still a thing. It's happening. And they oh, haven't oh. moved the date, so I guess that thing. <sighs> no one's talking about any thing with this movie, really. No, nothing. Just that it, it's going. That's you it, mentioned really. you mentioned it a while ago. I don't remember when, but the the images of like uh, the logo and stuff, and yeah, that's like all we have is uh, mm-hmm. like a black background, and one image has you know just the T Rex logo, and then another one is like the word like Jurassic World Dominion, and and you're like, okay, can we get like an actual logo here sometime? Just just a poster of like. What it would look like if you saw this poster hanging, you know, just show us the one sheet. What's it going to look like when this poster is in a movie theater? I want to see what that poster is. I want to see what the actual logo looks like. And, you know, when when Fallen Kingdom's logo and poster came out, we're like, we're talking about like all the things that we can infer from what that looked like with the smoke and the embers and all that stuff. We're like, oh, my God, what does this mean? So I can't wait to see what the next one means um like the, yeah. the style the vibe everything about the poster and the logo i really want to see whatever that logo is so just release it so we have something else to share instead of just the the print font no, i mean of, it's of the august logo. they better hurry up if they're getting everything uh, in i want my logo i want i want <laughs> my poster i want my stills it's august trailers coming in a few months come on <laughs> Look, you need to be able to print something up so you can put it on your shelves. You got a lot of shelves to decorate, right? Oh, my goodness. It's so beautiful. (laughs) Do you have more than than Ian Malcolm on the shelf right now? Um, I put all our DVDs in the, um, like, cabinet part. So... So you can't see those. <laughs> oh, you know what I put on the right. You know what I put on the shelf. My um, I started putting books on, and I put my scary stories um, oh series up. Yes. So. That's there, and that's it. Those those two things right now are the only things you could see. If the work, because you know, I I got a piece of my desk in too, so it was just like Christmas for me. <laughs> so I I was working on my desk piece today. <laughs> I uh, I think I also have scary stories on a shelf that we have in our bedroom. So oh. I've got that on my shelf too. That's awesome. I my books came. I I don't even know how everyone. I was just so just horrible after cast tangent, but back in. <laughs> first grade or kindergarten or something i remember kids knew that i love scary things and i don't know where they got the books maybe their parents bought them maybe they stole them from the library i don't know but somehow i ended up with every copy i have has like a childhood friend name written in it it was like their book and they either oh, wow. gave it to me or because you know just how you end up with stuff that you don't even know how you ended up with it as a kid yeah yeah <laughs> maybe you left it at your house or they just put it you, you borrowed it i don't know but every scary stories book I have has in the front cover has a different classmate name in it because <laughs> it came from different people yeah. in my life, in my early years, which is weird, but kind of cool. And so, and I have the trilogy hardcover, um, the, the big, uh, not trilogy, but like the treasury book. I have that, um, that I got myself, but all of my individuals are from childhood classmates in like kindergarten and first grade. <laughs> You brought up like, you know, how you have these things or or whatever. And I have two things that I, I think about very often um, that I don't have anymore that I left somewhere at somebody else's house or borrow or left uh, let somebody borrow. One of one of them is 
uh, Donkey Kong for Nintendo 64. Mm. Uh, I had that, and I let somebody borrow it, and I don't have it anymore. So oh. that was many, many years ago. It was like in middle school. I'm like, yeah, w- yo, here, you could have this. And maybe, no, I don't know. I just don't have it anymore. I'm so bummed. <laughs> and the other one is um, a Universal Studios hat. It was just like oh. a a hat. And I think it was a like a reversible hat or something. Somehow it reversed. And I don't have it. It was, it was a hat that I loved so much. And I left it at somebody's house. And I've never seen it ever again. So. This is how we differ. You lost two things, and I just got things because I have like I have I have I have a pencil sharpener that I ended up with. That's not mine. I have two little stuffed cats that I oh. ended up with, and they're not mine. And um, I wanted them though, so somehow I got them off of this other person and kept them. Yeah. So I'm the one who got all those things, and you you're the one that gave away accidentally all the things. Such a bummer. I do have some things that people have given me, and I don't know why, which are also – there's some video games too. So I do have a lot of uh, NES games that I'm like, I don't know where these came from. Some of them have my cousin's name on them. Some don't. So, hey, Dave, if you want to come pick them up at some point, they're here. If, you're definitely funny? not listening to this. <laughs> you just somehow end up with things that people that you just end up with it's not even like they give them to you it's not like you take it you just end up with it yeah it just happens and they're there i feel like it doesn't happen yeah. anymore though thankfully hopefully does it no no i i kind of i don't i keep track of my stuff i don't have much stuff if I if you do to give if it if you do end up with something that just randomly was just in your house just put it on that shelf you got plenty of, of space on the uh, the shelf i know a lot of people are asking for shelf cast so oh, of course we got to talk about shelves i totally do i got to do a, um what are they the shelf reveal or something when it's done or like the the tour my shelf or what they do on <laughs> youtube when they like get a new house <laughs> they tour yeah tour my shelf um but oh, we we put the uh, we've tried putting the Spinosaurus up there and the Mosasaurus up there, and by then it's already full because they're just so big. <laughs> so we're like, all right, now well we gotta rearrange some things. Yeah, but all my all the Jurassic we have a box of Funkos right now ready to go up. Oh, all the Jurassic man. Park Funkos, like every one of them, is in that box. They're ready to go. That is we gotta work. On I, that. I I'm very envious of that shelf and uh, or oh, it's not. I, should, it. I can't even just call it shelf. It's like shelves it just is. <laughs> i mean i i walk by the room and i stop and i look at it for a moment i'm just like i can't believe it's real and then i when the day it happened like it actually went up i took a picture of it and posted it and then when i wasn't looking at it in the room i was looking at it on my phone it was so bad <laughs> i'm just so, i'm just so happy to have them that's <laughs> one of those things where i it would take me so long to actually put things on the shelf because i would never like I'd never be able to like decide and like say, all right, this is definitely where it's going to go. It would take me way too long to be oh, like, oh, I know. Positioning everything. <laughs> a lot of them, a lot of them are um, movable. So I can go different heights and stuff. So that just makes <laughs> more possibilities and combinations. And uh, yeah. I'm a little stressy over how I'm going to put things on because I do have, um, from when we first moved in, I put everything that was eventually going on shelves in a bin. So I do have a bin of shelf-worthy things, but to rearrange them and move the shelf, oh my gosh, it is a bit overwhelming. 
I well, am nervous. We didn't even make this the aftercast. This is literally just <laughs> still part of the episode. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> well, they got to wait to the end to hear the shelf cast anyway. <laughs> All right. So where can everybody find you online since we're all wrapped up here <laughs> oh goodness um you could find me at jennifer underscore lane 89 um at the bryce dallas howard network which is very slow at the moment since we as we said nothing is happening except <laughs> Bryce's bruises so that's all we got lately um yeah. and then at jurassic vault uh i try to upload an archive your jurassic memories one pixel at a time. Awesome. Yeah, I just saw you started putting Jurassic World Live Tour on there, right? Oh, I just got those. Yeah, I just found. Cause I was actually looking um, on for on the photo logins for behind the scenes stuff because I was so desperate for anything, to, any instance that they are filming. Like, so I was just looking to see if there's any kind of pictures of anything on those agencies and um jurassic world live popped up i'm like huh well why not i'm, I'm here i might as well save it I might as well put it on the vault so i did that so, nice yeah. that'll be great to kind of you know look back on what that was and hopefully will be again uh it, it, it's so awesome it's, i miss it yeah. i miss it i miss seeing yeah, well, all of them together mm-hmm. well you got 50 high-res pictures <laughs> All right. Well, I'll get. I'll go check them out right now. I'm gonna go yeah. do that, even though I've seen it. And the, the, lis- the listener who missed out, and we just made him feel so bad for missing out. <laughs> go look at the pictures. I'm so sorry. Go, go uh, to go to the website. Shy of interruption, I believe. Was that it? <laughs> it was. <laughs> See, and then you messed up the site. But I remembered it. I remembered. No, I didn't mess it up. Shyofinterruption.com. Go ahead. Check it out. Um, thank you, Jen, for joining me um, for the month of you. August. You Ho- in September. Yeah, hopefully there's more film discussion, but uh, and definitely, yeah, well, prob- no, probably not any Camp Cretaceous stuff. So, unfortunately, <laughs> still more theories, ongoing theories. I'm sure by that point. So, see it in September, I guess. Bye. Thank you so, so much for listening to the 244th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I want to say thank you so much to Jen for joining me yet again for another iteration of the Jurassic Mailbag. Time moves so, so fast, especially when you look at, uh, hey, you know, we got another Jurassic Mailbag coming up. We got to record another one, and I got to get all your thoughts and concerns all, you know, packaged together nice and neat for our episode, even if it is a little hectic at times. But, uh, yeah, man, this just really makes time go fast, just knowing that there is another mailbag right around the corner. So thank you guys so, so much for sending in your voicemails, your emails, whatever the case may be. Thank you so much for calling on us and, uh, you know, wanting to know what we think. That really is something special to me is you guys want to know what's up with us and what we think about all of your questions and concerns. And it makes me really happy that we are an outlet for you guys to come and listen to. So thank you so, so much for listening. Stay safe out there, wear your masks, and enjoy. I'm going to go ahead and hand it off to myself or the outro. Thanks, everybody. Saddle up. Let's get this movable feast underway. Please give us a follow on Twitter at Jurassic Park Pod. 
and myself at Brad Jost. Also on Facebook and Instagram at Jurassic Park Podcast. Don't forget to join the Jurassic Park Podcast group on Facebook. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So please be sure to subscribe. Also, don't miss our toy hunts and reviews, in-depth bonus content, live streams, gameplay, events and theme park coverage, and so much more on our YouTube channel. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We will read your reviews at the end of every episode, so please be sure to spare no expense. Don't miss us on the web at JurassicParkPodcast.com, where you'll find today's episode show notes, wonderful articles, bios from our contributors, and so much more. If you want to get a hold of us, you can fill out the contact form on our website or email us, JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. We're always looking for new segments, contributors, mailbag submissions, or anybody who just wants to say hello. Feel free to call our voicemail line at any time to leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening, and enjoy. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now. Okay, team, listen up. We've got a new predator on the loose. Not you, Blue. The predator we're talking about is the coronavirus. Now I'm going to help you spot the main symptoms in the wild. First, watch out for a high fever. Second, a dry cough like this. Third, trouble breathing. It might even sound like this. Whoa, whoa, back up, Blue. Don't forget about social distancing. Keep at least six feet away from anyone you don't live with. Good job, Blue. We all have to be extra vigilant if we want to beat this virus, even if we don't have any symptoms. That means always protecting ourselves and each other, because this virus, it's invisible. It's made up of germs just like these. It could literally be anywhere. It attacks our bodies. Oh, Blue. Hang on, Blue. Drop it. Drop it. It's okay, girl. It's okay. Which brings me to my last point. Always wash your hands thoroughly for at least 20 seconds with soap and warm water. No! Hey, come back here! Remember, we're all in this together. Teamwork is our best defense. Blue, blue, no! Don't eat the soap! Drop that right now! Oh, I should be burping bubbles for a week! 